Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. What's going on, everyone? Thanks a lot for coming back to another episode of Dr. Homebrew. We are here drinking a couple of beers, and I couldn't be happier because, as Brian Shar says, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun, man. Whatever. What else is fun is our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. Join their homebrew club program, which, uh, you know, isn't really as daunting as it sounds. It's just a way for them to contact you and give you discounts on stuff like PBW. And, uh, hey, here's some new product we might be working on. Can you test it out for us? And, you know, that kind of fun stuff. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. They care about the way you brew beer. They want to help you make the best beer possible. So do we. Well, at least Shar and I, Cooper, want to make bad beer. But um, yeah. <laughs> no. Only send right, us Cooper. the 14s, the 17s. Yeah, yeah. that's what we want. <laughs> yeah, right. 13 the or lower? Yes. I, the courtesy 13s. Yeah, send them in. <laughs> no, I, the one thing that somebody always, you know, that the first time I walked into a homebrew shop and I was like, okay, I, I want to buy a homebrew kit. What do I do? And the guy that had been brewing for a long time and, and ended up teaching me how to all grain brew later on, Al, he's like, sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. That's, <laughs> yep. that's what Five Star does for you. Yeah, keep everything clean, Absolutely. get it clean first, and then sanitize it. And that's half your battle. Yeah, absolutely. The other half is uh, with the elements, you know. I don't know what that means. Um, all right, joining us today again, again, I think, right, is Brian. We it have is again. another council of Brian's. Yes. <laughs> yes. With an eye. With an yes. eye. There with we go. Yeah, the yes. three eyes. Yeah. <laughs> we got uh we got Bob Marley's backing singers right here. They mm-hmm. called the th- what were his weren't the women called the three eyes? I think they were, weren't they? Nobody uh okay. <clears throat> um, I'm just not a not a reggae <laughs> fan. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh Brian, what's going on, man? How you doing? What did you send us today? How's it going? Yeah, I, I sent a uh, check. I don't remember if I entered <clears throat> entered it as a, a pale logger or a premium pay. Yeah, I, check, not, I can't remember. Uh, check pale logger. Yeah. Check pale? Okay. Nice. Um, I, I went back and looked. I was here almost exactly two years ago to the date. It was November 24th, 2021 with a check logger that had a very distinct green pepper flavor. Okay. I remember, so I, remember that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. I emailed Cooper and I, and I, I was drinking in my basement like a couple uh, weeks ago <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man, like this is, I hope, I hope it doesn't have green pepper flavor. And I was like, can I do a redemption <laughs> episode? Can I send you a beer that maybe <laughs> hopefully doesn't have green, green pepper. pepper? Yeah. We left them out this time. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Can you? To be seen. <laughs> see what's going on. Yeah. Those are the check pills. All right. Cooper, okay. why don't you start us off with the check pills and uh, and rate it on a scale of uh, let okay. down to fun. Yes. <laughs> uh, I cracked the bottle and had a nice hiss to it. In the nose, I'm getting a medium light, bready malt, clean lager, no obvious esters, medium low spi- spicy and slightly herbal hop character. No DMS or diastole. It's clean. There's no obvious alcohol going on here or anything weird that's not expected. It's for a light beer and for it being still pretty cold. I judged it cold. 
I put it back in the fridge so it's still cold, which, you know, you don't want to judge these too, too warm. It's it's characterful. It's got a, a lot going to it. It seems, you know, bold, but not like over the top bold. Just like, wow, okay, that's for, for lighter style. This has got something going. Like a nice, uh, like a nice plate of appetizers at Applebee's, right? Bold. Yeah. Uh, the beer is medium gold and it's uh, brilliantly clear with a medium white head, well formed, and it maintains good retention. Uh, fine bubbles for the most part. Appearance full points. So, um, in the flavor, very pleasant, light and clean. Pills like maltiness, uh, medium low hop notes. Again, spicy and a little herbal. Clean lager. The balance is, is fairly even malt to hops, but the hops win by a bit, I guess. Uh, but the, the malt character is pretty, pretty firm, so it does stand up to it, and you know, it works nicely. I think medium low bitterness, dry finish, uh, spicy hop with a, with a light malt in the aftertaste. Very enjoyable, it's, you know. And the alcohol is restrained, but the beer doesn't seem like it's weak it doesn't you don't taste any alcohol you don't really get alcohol in the nose but you can t- it doesn't doesn't come across as watery weak light you know less than for a beer that you know tops out at four percent hey it's it's it seems you know well maybe maybe it's bigger <laughs> i don't know but um and the body i guess you know medium light body medium co2 uh in the mouthfeel driving things no creamy or astringent qualities here. No warmth, but it is a nice, crisp beer. Very, you know, refreshing, clean and enjoyable. Czech pale lager. I thought almost um, seems on the bolder and bigger side for the style, if not a little over that. So I would say, you know, maybe take it down a touch for that. But I kind of liked it where it is, honestly. And um, so good, good solid pills. It could, you know, could pass as a premium pale. Um, lager, check premium pale lager, but um, you know, you could lighten it up a little bit if you wanted to, but I don't, I can't find anything really wrong with it. It's, it's, um, it's a forty to me. I, I'd say it's a, it's excellent beer. Forty. I thought it was very crisp and enjoyable, okay. just right down the middle yeah. of the road for the style. I don't get anything out of place, yeah. and you know, All right. it kind of meets meets what I want. All right, Shar, let's go. Does it meet what you want? <laughs> it met what I wanted. So, nice. uh, Brian, I have to commend you for actually putting your homebrew club name on the label of your beer. <laughs> uh, so thank you. Thank you. But you know, since our listeners can't go in my kitchen and read the label of your beer right now, no, uh, could you? <laughs> that's you've got to be a premium supporter on Patreon to uh, come to my house and look at the bottle <laughs> of my kitchen. Uh, can you tell the listeners what club you're in? I can. Uh, I'm a proud member of the Keepers of Craft in Kalamazoo, nice. Michigan. And you got the K for Kalamazoo without having to do something like, we're the Kalamazoo you know, Brewers, whatever. So ni- nicely yeah. done. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed this beer. You know, I've, I've had very few Czech pale lagers. And I was surprised. You know, I always pull up the BJCP guidelines, even though, you know, I, I, I don't, especially for styles, I don't know that well. Because you, you always learn something. And I was surprised to know this beer could be like 3%. This could be like oh, like a like a, a a lager version of an English mild in a way. Yeah. Where it's got a lot of flavor and not a ton of alcohol. And a lot of green uh, green pepper. And you were trying to figure out if that should be there. <laughs> right? <laughs> that That's the 3F, I think. The green, check, check green pepper lager. That's uh, No, I did not get green pepper anywhere in this. So uh, nicely done with that. 
Uh, aroma, it's definitely a medium, uh, even medium high bready malt, uh, which I thought was was great, like a bread, uh, like a good French bread sort of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a low spicy hop aroma, a little less than expected, but not so much less that it was you know, worth knocking a lot of points off. I give it an eight for, for aroma. No, I didn't get any off aromas at all. Nothing there that shouldn't have been there. Uh, and especially when you think about this beer being, you know, maybe a 4% beer, I'll be curious which original or final gravities were. Uh, but thinking about this being a very light beer, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of good aroma in here. Uh, that bready malt really is the, 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 the leader here in this. And it's, Man, it's really good. I, I keep talking about it because I like it a lot. Uh, appearance, three out of three, uh, large head. Settles a little quickly, but I'll attribute that to my my glassware and not to your, your beer. Uh, medium gold color, crystal clear. Uh, let's see. It's not focusing. Yeah, it's, I have to turn that my blurry off. It's not, not going to do that right now. Uh, flavor. Initially, I uh, got a medium low bready malt character that kind of matched what I would have expected from the aroma. Uh, it would be weird to not get that flavor when it was so prominent in the aroma. Uh, followed up by a firm uh, bitterness, which it's, it's a medium to medium high bitterness, but it's at the right level for this style. Uh, the guidelines, I forget the exact words the guidelines say, but it's supposed to be definitely you know prominent, but not not excessive. This is not a cold IPA. This is a, a Czech pale lager. It's got the appropriate level of, of bitterness. Uh, the finish is long and balanced. There's just such a great malt flavor. It's a long, balanced ending. It's well attenuated. I I was wondering if I got just a hint of like a sweet corn, like a DMS in there, but it, it's not, if it were DMS, it would become a lot more prominent as it warmed up. I, I've left this sample out of my kitchen for you know two hours. And it's not like it's it's not like it's super hot in here, but it's not cold either. Uh, and the beer has definitely gotten up to like probably 60 as far as temperature goes. If it was, if it had something like DMS, that would get a lot more prominent uh, with with that temperature. And I'm just not, I think the sweetness is more just the malt and not any kind of, of, of corn. Uh, so get that 14 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, five out of five. Medium body, medium carbonation. Uh, no warming. It's creamy. Uh, overall impression, seven for a total of 37. Uh, I really like this beer, that it's really flavorful, uh, and it's, you know, especially for a, a low alcohol, you know, lower gravity beer, it's extremely well done. It's something that is, it, it's noticeably different from a, a German style beer, which is really cool. Uh, it's not, you know, on a different planet than Germany, but it's, you know, it's next door, uh, and it's got a, a definite Czech character to it, which, which I liked. If there was DMS, you know, you will get away from that by boiling for 90 minutes with Pilsner malts. I'm not telling you personally, it's more for our listeners. So they have some idea what to do about DMS. You want to make sure you have a longer boil with a lot of Pilsner malt, you know, 90 minutes, even two hours, potentially, or yeah, two hours. And then potentially uh, if you have the ability to do that, well, I, I think it's about 160 is the temperature you want to get under as quickly as possible to avoid formation of DMS. Does that sound right, Coop? When you're cooling, you want to try to, to get through that danger zone. And I think it's about 160. You want to get to as quickly as you can. Yeah, I think it's like the, the 140 to 160 range kind of in there. Okay. You know, if you're up towards, through that, towards yeah. 200, 180, 200, you don't have to worry. But once you get down in that middle, that's okay. I think that's where the conversion of the SMMS to DMS okay. would occur. Yeah, sounds good. But yeah, I think it was really well done, Brian. I appreciate you sharing this with us. And I'm looking forward to hearing all about it.
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I I like this beer. It's hard to. It's almost like a um, imperial Czech pilsner, an ICP, insane clown posse beer. That's what this is. Mm. It's AO and Juggalos. Are you down with the clown? No, until I hit the ground, baby. <laughs> but no, also not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it 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 is it is. I'll be honest with you. Th- this style, I mean, tastes kind of more like a German pilsner in the way that it's sharp and aggressive um you know from like aggressively hopped and i have a problem with che- with german pills sometimes because of that sometimes like the sulfur like the sweet kind of sulfur to me clashes with the hop and i get that it's it's very reminiscent of that for me uh, uh, in in this beer um so i think i think it is a little too robust i think if you drop it like 20% maybe 10% um i for me it would be much more approachable um, but I, I, it is very clean. I do like it a lot. I, I, I like the flavors and the characteristics. It's just, I think a little too robust for me. I think for yeah, my personal if we're sitting taste. down at a judging table and we all found that we, we said that and I, I said it too, we might just kind of adjust like, okay, I was maybe a little generous, you know, okay. let's go to a 38 or something like that, or, you know, and, and mm-hmm. average it out. But it's, it's a really okay. well-made beer. There's no denying that it probably is stronger than four percent if i had to guess so you know i i forgave it for that just because i liked a lot of other elements but i did pick up on what you're saying jp and i think that's the water a little bit the the waterness is accenting the bitterness of the the hops a little bit more okay. than it would with the same amount of hops in that really soft check pills in water you know so yeah, um, yeah that super low mineral water just enough calcium to get your starches to convert and get keep your enzymes working in those in the mash because this this is more minerally it is it is yeah okay so I, i'm All finding right. that now okay. too and you know if it as it warmed it probably would be even well as it's cold it's kind of maybe a little biting that way too but um i, I don't know brian's tasting as it's warmed too and you're getting a, a bolder character yet so i like when it's cold it's nice and i got it as crispness too which is it is supposed to be crisp yeah. and refreshing and, and smoothly drinkable. I, I think it's like honestly eighty five percent there. I would yeah. probably give it. I would probably give it a thirty five to thirty seven. Yeah. I think it's a very good territory. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But Brian, go ahead and tell us about this beer, man. Let's go through your recipe. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll uh, start off by addressing the elephant in the room. This beer did end up being right around five okay. percent. So it was probably a little bit above what like the normal, yeah. I guess, Chuck was up to like ABV range was. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've I entered this beer into multiple competitions before I sent it to you guys to in both regular check and in premium. And uh, and it sort of bounced around. And so I'm still not 100 percent sure where it actually belongs, but based on your feedback i I really think that this particular recipe is probably a premium but really there's not a whole lot to it in terms of malt it was 98 percent uh wehrman pilsner i think it was their bohemian malt and then uh two percent melanoidin i didn't decoct this i kind of bounce around year to year decocting or not decocting Uh, this was not decocted (laughs) and uh uh about 25 ibus uh of sats in the boil at 60 minutes and then another uh, five at five minutes uh, so about four ounces total for this beer 
I used to ferment. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's Budjojevit or something like that. Uh, the strain, it's, it's white labs. Sure. I don't know. I've, I've Googled it. Yeah, it's it sounds yeah, like yeah. Booge Vice, booty, but yeah, booty vice, booty yeast, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's the first time using this yeast. I, I really I like it. I I think it it's certainly very Czech y or whatever. But yeah, I mean that's really about it. I mean uh, fermented at I think like low to mid fifties, uh, normal diacetyl rest. Once it was at like sixty five ish percent attenuation. And then uh, cold crash. What was your water? Water. So the last time I was on with the green pepper check, um, you made the same comment that you thought it was very minerally. And so that that actually sparked a whole new thing with me and my brewing, like for all all of my beer. Because I normally use brewing water, uh, like as a spreadsheet to do the the water for my beer, starting from uh, RO. And uh, I kind of thought that maybe all the beer that I was brewing was maybe too minerally. So this particular one, I only got up to 50 parts per million on calcium and just called it. So, so it should be pretty supposedly pretty not minerally, but I agree with you. I, and I was talking to my girlfriend earlier today too. It kind of tastes minerally. So by the numbers, yeah, just, just enough calcium to convert. And that's what you got. I don't know. It's it's not like super yeah. sulfate to me. It's not like it's not super minerally, but it plays really crisp and it plays, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, it's very it's very well carbonated and that's that's going to drive a little bit of bite too, a little carbonic bite, but I don't know. Yeah, the minerally quality, it's odd. Did you get it, Brian? Did you do you yeah. find it to be minerally seeming or like sulfate he- you know, heavy? Usually I'm I'm pretty sensitive to mineraliness and I'll give you that licking a rock feedback. I, I can, you know, <laughs> it's may, maybe somewhat, but I don't think this is one that's really out of line. This is not one that I drink and like, oh my God, the water was over adjusted or it was, yeah. uh, you know, I, if you, I, I could be talked into it being a little minerally, but I don't think it's excessively so. Well, I think the level we're talking is not licking a rock straight to that. It's like yeah. more, more like a German pills than a than a Czech pills, like JP was saying. And I could, I could see why okay. he kind of maybe said that because it does, it does play. But I think maybe it's just partially the the bitterness. You put a lot of hops in this, and it's the bit. Yeah, for me, that's that's what struck yeah. most was the bitterness, and then. As I was tasting it, the um, the mineralist, the mineralistness, the mineralosity uh, <laughs> kind of came through a little bit more too. And so, to me, it leans more more German pills than than Czech pills. But to be fair, I haven't had many Czech pills that aren't pills in Raquel. So, you know, what are you going to do? So, would you want like the the bitterness to be more like in balance with the malt, but they have like that that sort of like bursty like yeah i think so and and the other brian's can correct me if i'm wrong but i think that's the czech pills kind of style it's like not in it's not as aggressively bitter but i think it's more on the sweet malt side yeah it's let me let me pull this up here so oops up still on the autumn seasonal beer let's see 3a yeah if we're going to talk about czech pale lager bitterness is prominent but never harsh is what it says yeah and then for the 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 premium pale lager, bitterness is prominent but never harsh. So same thing. 
Um, and I would say that that you know saying it's harsh is not what I mean in bitterness wise, but it is aggressive. It's an aggressive bitterness because harsh to me denotes there's an error or there's a it's unpleasant or something like that. And it's not that it's just, um, I'm taken aback by it because, you know, we're, we're trying to categorize it. So it's a little bit like, ah, it's a little different. Yeah. I mean, you're you're aggressive is more than prominent. And I think that's kind of a perception that it's, where is the bitterness in this? Is it crossed that line to being aggressive? I, I don't know. I think it's, to me, it's prominent, but not aggressive. And to you, it's a little more aggressive and it's maybe the bitterness may be right on that line. So maybe when you you rebrew this, I mean, you may, might back off on hops a little bit, just you know to maybe get the hops a little bit, a little bit away from that line. But I wouldn't back them off, you know, a, a lot. I'll, I'll tell you what, it to me it tastes like a lot of American craft versions of uh, German style pilsners, Czech style pilsners. It, it, you know, but where Better, where it's yeah. a little more in your face than than maybe uh, what the style calls for. But at the end of the day, it's made well and it's drinkable. And I would I would drink this and I would go, okay, that's not what I think it is, but I'm still I'm not unhappy with it. And I will still finish the, you know, four pack or whatever. That's that that's about that's how I can kind of communicate it. <laughs> Just like put it in a in 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 a, in a consumerist sense. sort of way. That that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. I think too that that you know you can probably get minerals from other places in the beer too, and that that you know malt contains some minerals and some you know sodium and potassium and, and you know different things in there, calcium, magnesium. You know there, there's different levels of things in there that can come in and accent the way that the beer is playing too. But I don't know. It, you sound like you used a really special, interesting malt. The the Weirman, uh the Bohemian. That's that's a pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, and I think I can cool smell that bright kind of malt thing. So I I think everything is is good. It's just a little. What I would do, yeah, is keep this pretty much as it is. But I would I would probably up the the late hop a little bit and enter it as a premium pale. Because if you enter it as a premium pale, you know the strength is right, but the hops are not quite there to balance. And I'd want a little more late hop for that as a as a check, you know, regular pale lager it's fine um but you know it, it doesn't really save much you know the hops being that much different but with alcohol going up you kind of want a little more and so i think that would make sense maybe move some of those bitter additions to the late additions sort yeah, i mean of, like... with the soft water that you use the the bitterness well yeah it's it's you know if it, if there was any sulfate any more sulfate or anything in the water it would probably really come through <laughs> that what you did there um okay but yeah if okay. The, you know, if it was RO with just enough calcium to get there, yeah, um, maybe lighten up the the bittering. It's not not going to hurt it. There's enough there. It, it can be. It's all low to it's all theoretical, theoretical man, right? yeah. So yeah, so maybe maybe I, maybe I lower what I added in this time again anyway. And, and yeah, I think your mold is good. I mean, I think I think you know, and 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 for me, in my experience personally, and then and then just doing the show. That's the hardest part. Even though the malt build is always simple, you know, for the most part, it, it's getting that flavor, that malt flavor, that like pure extract of that malt, right? That pure essence, that pure expression of that malt in lagers is very hard for a lot of home brewers to do. And I think you did it really well. Yeah. So I think it for me, oh, you have the you. hard part down. Now you just need to refine the the last 10, 15, 20% of the, the, the hopping and the finishing of it. And that's, there you go. 
Well, I'm finished. Yeah, this is the last of the yeah, beer I have fine. left. I'm, it's obviously I'm not having a problem with it. It's <laughs> real easy to sip. And, yeah, I want and, a refund. God damn it. Um, Brian, is there yeah. anything else? You got any questions for the boys or you're, uh, we'll let you go. Cool. No, that's it. I appreciate you guys having me on and redeeming Amen. myself a little bit. Yeah. No green well, pepper. Just a little bit. Uh, you know, <laughs> still, you got to do a couple more shows before that you're, you're redeemed for them. I'm just kidding. I don't know. We need to like okay, a secret okay. sign for the, the council of the Bryans or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, we're, we're, we've convened and now we're uh, disbanding yeah. for another two years. They'll come back and, hey, I finally figured out that mineral thing. And now we're all two years older. Jeez. You all chug a vial of white labs at the same time. <laughs> um, all right, everybody, we're going to we're going to take off for a break here real fast. We're going to come back. Ryan from Old Standby Brewing is back on the show. We got a, a couple beers to drink from him and see what's going on in the uh the brewing for philanthropy or charity or both i don't know uh i'm i'm not too good with words i feel like brian shaw right now uh so hang on everyone we'll be right back it's dr homebrew what's up homebrewers hey let me ask you a question you spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to right some of you even send beers into dr homebrew for feedback well the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers and there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grog Tag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grog Tags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com, and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks a lot for sticking around, everybody. We have Ryan back on the show. Ryan, what's going on, man? Hey, doing good, man. Appreciate you guys having me back on the show. Of course. Yeah, anytime. Anytime yeah. you want to send us beers, we'll, we're willing to, to dissect and, and yeah, chat help about them. Yeah, yeah. Turning into a little series here, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're getting to know you over time. We're talking about doing a little, doing a little matchmaking for you or something. Someday. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. That'd be super yeah. fun if we could make it happen. That would be. Yeah. yeah. We should totally do that. And uh, Ryan, of course, is from Old Standby Brewing. And just to recap our listeners, Ryan, what is it that you do? You you brew beer for charity. For sure. Yeah, I'm a home brewer. I've been a home brewer since the 90s. But a few years ago, I decided to uh, try to raise some money through beer. And uh, I reached out to some local small breweries around town. And uh, they loved the idea. And so we brewed a beer. And it just kind of blossomed from there. I have three companies. Yakima Valley Hops and Imperial Yeast and Link Mall to donate all the ingredients. And uh, I hit up breweries and see if they want to brew a charity beer with me. And so uh, we, we work on a recipe together and decide on a charity that we're passionate about. And we brew the beer and the brewery handles all the sales. So I don't get involved in that. And then um, after the beer is done. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Uh, They handle all the sales and then um, uh, yeah, we both promote the beer and, and uh, then they they make the donation directly to the charity that we that we chose um, nice. after after the sales are done. And so yeah, just uh, finished up number eleven, uh, going on you know finishing the second year, 
of this and uh i'm already planning planning some for 2024 now so oh nice um, yeah yeah, yeah the last sure. the last one or one of the last ones we drank was for the Dornbrecker. is that how you say it the Children's yeah yeah, Hospital? yeah. Yeah, for and sure. I, I heard it on a podcast the other day and I was like, why does that name sound familiar? Really, okay. uh, and then I remember the show I was like, oh yeah, uh, because <laughs> and the, the pod was about uh, specifically they were getting like a bunch of bomb threats because they were doing a oh, bunch really? of, I think it was like uh, like maybe transitional care or something like that and Moms for Liberty tweeted about it and edited some video and like they were literally getting bomb threats about it and they had to shut the hospital down and stuff. I was like, oh Jeez. yeah, that's right. Right, yeah. I didn't know if that yeah. timeline matched up or it was after that or whatever, but yeah, that must've been after. Yeah. I brewed that one with Zoigel house in Portland and yeah, uh, yeah. That, was a good yeah that one, that one benefited. Uh, yeah. Dornbeckers. So yeah. Dornbeckers is amazing. Dornbecker, yeah. they, they only do amazing things. So of course, I mean, how can you yeah. not, you know, how can, Seriously. You not? Yeah. can we yeah. briefly, um, I, I wanted to ask a question briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we know where uh, Yakima Valley hops is. you got Imperial yeast mm-hmm. out of Portland. To, um, to, I don't know a whole lot about Link Malt. If, could you tell me a little bit about what yeah, yeah, what their sure. yeah. vibe is, where they're from, what they do? Yeah, they're um, they're up in Spokane. Okay, um, so uh, way up there in northeast Washington area. Um, and Link Malt is like a subdivision of Link Foods. So they're a co-op, um, and they work with all these farmers. Um, they're one of those um, places in Spokane where you can sign up to get those fresh food baskets um you know seasonally whatever's whatever's ready seasonally um, and they provide that but then they work with the community they're super tied in with the community and helping people out um uh you know hungry folks who who just trying to make ends meet and everything so they help out there and then they about eight or so years ago they started um a malting division and so link malt has been doing craft malting now and they've i think they doubled their capacity like around year three or four um, and so they work with farmers in Washington and Idaho and a little bit in um, Eastern Oregon. And so, really um, cool. yeah, yeah, they've been a great company so far. And man, it was just like an introduction uh, through the Yakima Valley hops people. They were, when I was trying to get this all rolling, I was like, man, it'd be sweet if I could get a, a malting company to donate some malt for these collabs. And they're like, oh, you should talk to Brian at Link Malt. And I called him up, man, we just hit it off right away. And he was like, where can I send the malt? So let, let's get this going. So another Brian. Yeah, it's been super cool. It's so. good to know there's a Brian, Brian involved. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. He's got to be an eye Brian Always. too. That makes good it feel better, show. honestly, <laughs> that there's a Brian yeah. involved. Yeah, We're, I love Imperial and, and Yakima Valley hops too. So yeah, it's all good. You know, not not to discount any of those, but I just wanted to learn a little bit more about for that. Sure. So thanks for that background. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah um, totally. Um, before we jump into the beers, um, Andrew in the chat, uh, those old listeners will, will recognize ZZ in the form. He says, uh, you know, I don't know, Andrew, maybe. Okay, here, here's what he says. This is the negative to the show. It's a good beer. But you guys have to nitpick the beer following the guidelines to a T. It's good feedback, but it always sounds really negative. And I don't disagree with him. Um, but I just wanted to 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 bring that to light and maybe we, you know, chat about it for just a quick second where I hope it doesn't come off as negative, but he's right. That is the downside of the show where it's not a positivity fest. Because you're never gonna improve your beer if if everyone's like, I fucking love that. I will I want give me a hundred, I'll pay you a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's it's not yeah, a not a it. bad point, but you know, I made a, a yeah. it, it, I made a point in that like a couple of the earlier episode. 
there was uh, we were talking about like a bunch of flaws, but I loved the concept. And I made sure I talked about how that was a really cool idea. That it was a thing that not a lot of homebrewers do. And I thought that that I, I tried to give, you know, if you're going to give criticism, you need to give positive criticism as well as negative criticism. Totally. I mean, if you, you're yeah. not going to look past if there's diacetyl in the beer, if you get artificial butter in the beer, to me, it's not a, a, a pop, you know, it's well, it's usually a negative in most beers. It's allowable in a check pill. So if that check pills, we had just tasted it, had sure. a little bit. Of, hey, that's fine. A little bit light touch of that. It's OK. It's allowable. But in most beers, it's a negative and it's going to detract. It's, it says in the guidelines that it shouldn't be there. So we're not like saying, ah, oh, you know. Yeah, you're a terrible it, person because there's diacetyl in your beer. No, and we just imply it heavily. Spending. Yeah, it's just heavily implied. You won't yeah, hear I us mean, use like <laughs> derogatory terms to describe a beer. We're not. We're judges. We and we try to be encouraging and share feedback at least to some point. Hey, this beer yeah. has da 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 going for it. And then here's what I would improve. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't go. You wouldn't when you're in school, when you're in college, or whatever. You wouldn't. You wouldn't tell the professor. Well, this is the negative part of being in school because now you have to grade my work. Right. It's a joke. I mean, and I I know, I know, I know ZZ was not saying in any sort of like negative way or complaining way, but I think it was more of an observation, which I think is a valid valid observation. As a judge, you kind of have to struggle sometimes not to be a fault finder. You're like, okay, what, what is it that I, I like this beer, but it's not quite there. What is it that I don't like about it? And and that's what I like. That's what I like about the show. And that's what I wanted to do. The show is because it's not just, it's not just judging. It's not just complaining. It's not just giving tips. It's it's showcasing what it takes to provide feedback to somebody. And you have to tell them why you think this. It's because I have this and the, I, I taste this and the guidelines say it shouldn't be here. And this is how you fix it. And I think that's where we do the, our best work is we say this is how you should. This is how you can fix it if you want to. Get that green pepper out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you piece of shit. <laughs> whatever uh, okay i just wanted to bring that up because mainly because no. uh you know it's an old timer and uh cool. and it was yeah. a good it was a good point it was a good point I, I like talking about it. so what beers are we, we got we got um higher purpose which is a lager from steeple jack and of yeah. course old standby and then little star which is which is yeah, a, this is a uh yeah barrel aged saison with uh barrel-aged. some bread in there and uh we aged it on some head, some heather flowers, and uh, oh, geez. probably want to start with the lager. Lager, I would guess, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about higher purpose organ lager from Steeplejack. What's an organ lager? Um, is this one of those oh, things yeah. where we're going to be start calling it like it's not an organ lager; it's a Pacific Northwest lager, oh, yeah, yeah, a Cascadian yeah. lager. Cascadian, Cascadian <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's uh no, I, we just made that up. It was like we're heading in towards the colder months, and we wanted kind of a higher ABV lager. And, um, so we brewed, we actually brewed 30 barrels of this. Um, it's the biggest, um, volume out of any of these collabs that I've done so far. So 30 barrels um, of lager. Yeah. And so, uh, link malt, uh, donated a full pallet, man. We got a full pallet of grain donated and actually cool. on the back of the can, you can see there's another uh, donor on there. Cold stream, cold stream malt. And um, they're actually two of the farmers that are up in the area, and they donated half of the of the grain um, for this beer. And so, and then Link Link does the malting, and then so we got everything delivered to the brewery. Uh, we brewed it in like mid September. Um, I've got some other notes on it here. We used uh, Steffi Pills in this in this one. Okay, yeah, um, which, that was the hot yeah, malt for a while. 
For like yeah, six for sure. months, Link- Steffi Pills is everywhere when it came out. Right. Yeah. So Link has like, Link has like four, maybe five different Pilsner malts. And so the brewers really liked the flavor of that one. These brewers at Steeplejack had used Link malt um, quite a bit already. So they were kind of familiar with the different flavors of, of the Pils malts. Um, and then we, we threw a little Munich and a little bit of wheat in there as well. Um, and then, um, we have some Pearl and Saphir. I think, I don't know how to pronounce that one exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, we also hit it with some Vista whole cone. Uh, we were going to use some fresh Mount hoods, but they weren't, um, they weren't labeled yet. Um, for you know for packaging and everything they were the fresh uh 2023 crop and so they weren't they were, they were like a week too early to use oh, the man. freshest ones and so we had to use um a different one that they had on hand which was vista which they were stoked about i've never even used vista before and they had used it in the past so we threw some whole cone in late um like whirlpool edition um but yeah like we decocted uh this was like a this was probably like a four hour four hour mash and, wow. and by the time by the time the kettle was full um you know at 30 barrels plus um yeah we were looking at you know a good four hours in the morning for that and then what, uh, you, you know, what are you I'm, doing you see so you're standing around for four hours like i i can't even i can't even make it through like a just a normal 60 minute <laughs> mash at a place if i like yeah. the, you know the oh, steeple jack has the raddest staff in town and so and there's quite a few of them they're all doing their thing but you know, they're taking breaks and hanging out with us and, um, you know, just, they were just super cool. Like we just hung out. We had, we pulled some hot malt, uh, off the, off the mash tun. And, uh, one of the brewers mixed some mezcal cocktails with the, with the hot, <laughs> with the hot wort. It was tasty. It was so wow. good. What time of day was this? Uh, that was probably around 1030. Uh, exactly uh, I, I don't know why I was yeah. in my head. It was like 10 o'clock. This is what he's yeah. going to say. It was perfect. Yeah. So it was a good, it was a nice little, like, you know, when the mash is going for that long, it's like, all right, you know what, what are we going to do here? So Colin, yeah, great. Uh, uh, when he brewed at downtown Joe's, he, he came on years ago and told us this, like he would make a brewer's toddy or whatever, or he'd pull some okay. word off the mash. And then put yeah. a little whiskey in there and uh, just have a little cocktail. But leave yeah, it to it leave it to someone in Oregon to mix it with mezcal. <laughs> <Like some laughs> kind of like artisanal sure. like thing. Totally. But it was great. You know what? I could definitely see you know wort being a um, just sort of like a craft cocktail addition in sure. some of these like upscale or more upscale bars. Like you could have it. Uh, you know, maybe uh, hot, uh, it, it, you know, in a little serving container on the bar or whatever. And like, Definitely. I don't know, that could be, that could be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. So when when yeah. you're planning these recipes, man, are you, mm-hmm. do, do you do pilot batches at home? And then if so, are you getting like link malt and you're getting all these things or do you talk to the brewer at Steeplejack and be like, all right, this is what I think we should do. And you sort of are, are united more around the cause. And then just whatever beer you make, you just come up with on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. More, more like that. We, um, I mean, I've used some link malt here at the house, um, in some of my small batches. Um, and one of the, one of the recipes last year, we did scale up one of my recipes. Um, but other than that, I usually hit these brewers up and I'm like, what's going to fit in well with your lineup when this beer comes out? Um, so that we don't have, you know, another IPA in the lineup or another whatever. So what what a good, what a good marketing partner to be. I mean, I think, yeah, right. and I, I think it's a great lesson for people who are, who want to do this themselves. Don't for force sure. it, whatever totally. works for the brewery yep. in for their sure. life. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to be as flexible as possible with these breweries. Cause they're, I mean, you know, they're, they're opening up a space in their brew schedule to brew an extra beer 
for charity. So I'm like, you know, I try to be as flexible as possible and provide whatever they need really. So, well, and, and okay. I think it, I think it's, you, you're, you're going about it the right way because, because you're using the technology or the tech, the terminology, you know what sure. I mean? And so I think that goes a long way too. There's a, a, a lot of respect being shown, totally. uh, you know, that way as yeah. well. So, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So you just, so, you, just yeah. you just hit it and you go, so w- do you, you go through email and be like, Hey, this is maybe what we should do. And you plan the recipe so that, and then you send it to everybody and you go, okay, this is when we need it. And then they, you could sure. do all the coordinating. Totally. Yeah. I do all of that. Um, yeah. Once we usually do a zoom chat like this with the brewers or, you know, or through email or phone call, like you said, and then, um, plan out the whole recipe. And then once we have our brew date decided, it's like, I place all the orders and, uh, and these companies just deliver everything directly to the brew house, you know, a day or two beforehand. And then I show oh. up and we brew the beer. So it's like Amazon, yeah. but like with like nice people, like nice owners, totally. yeah, give guys, a shit about the world. Um, they seem to know how to do a good lager. It's, it's, it's very clean and it's, it's got a really nice, well, you get, you get that for alcohol sure. though too. It's like, you know, yeah, a nice clean sure. alcohol mixed with that clean lager. And it's like, okay, this yeah, is yeah. a little, it's I actually, bold, but it's I actually not don't even get the alcohol. Like you could tell me this is five and a half, and I go, yeah, but it's six three. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's surprising. Yeah. That it, yeah, damn, dude. Um, how long yeah, they, was augured for? Um, we pushed this one out pretty quick. I think um, it only augured for maybe two weeks after primary okay. was done. Um, so a shorter amount of time for sure. Um, yeah. but they've got their methods and. And they, they just stick with them. So very it seems smooth, to work. Yeah. So. yeah, it, it tastes works. good. Yeah. For sure. This yeah, this brewery, um, they have three they have three different locations. They've got the first location was actually in Portland on the east side and they turned an old like century old church into into their pub. Um, and that, that place is amazing. If you haven't seen any pictures of it, you should check it out on their website. It's, it's super cool. And they have a ten barrel kit there that they brew a lot of their R and D batches and then smaller one-off beers too. Um, and then out in Hillsboro, which is West of Portland, they have another pub out there and that's where their 30 barrel production brew house is. And so, and they do all the packaging and everything out there. So that's where we brewed this beer. And then they also have like a pizza mm. shop that isn't a brewery. And I think that's over like in Beaverton. So I'm kind surprised. of Southwest. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't just send you over to the 10 barrel area. They had enough confidence where they're like, yeah, we'll invest sure. 30 barrels into this. Totally. Yeah. We talked about it actually. It was like, what's going to work best for the scheduling and which brew house are we going to use? And, and I was like, if we do, you know, if we do a lager and we can kind of keep it at that, that 2000 pound weight limit mm-hmm. on the pallet of grain, um, we can get away with the 30 barrel batch and, and then package some of it. So if we had only done the 10 barrel beer, um, we wouldn't have hit any of it into cans at all. It would have just been on their draft, um, oh, you know, yeah, okay. on draft only. And so, yeah, so wow. we were able to actually package 10 or 12 barrels of this beer. And so, and then the rest of it's on draft all over. So they must be doing, they must be doing a lot over the bar then in that 10 barrel. That's great. They Good are. for them. Yeah. 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 They're, they're a busy spot. So I, nice. I pulled up their website yeah. and looked at some photos. You're not kidding. This place is really cool looking. <laughs> that, that's an amazing <laughs> location. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they spared no expense though. on that, on their church. Wow. And um, yeah, they, they've just done. And they're, they're fairly new. They've only been around in the Portland scene for, I want to say, less than five years. Wow. Um, so, wow. yeah. And so, and of course, they were able to pull brewers from all these great breweries with all this experience. And they pulled 
they pulled some people together and they have just a super cool staff. And like, I so know, I got Ryan. to work with, you know, working with everybody. It was really cool. They're pulling these birds, but they're still doing two week loggers. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the charity? What's the cause that this, this, this beer's going for? Looks yeah, like so this two. one, um, yeah, two different charities for this one. So the Women's Craft Fermentation Alliance, um, they have the WIBS conference every year. Um, and this year I was a speaker. I was invited to talk about brewlanthropy. Um, it's a, it's a weekend event and they invite people, um, in the industry, um, from all over the world. And it's, so it's an online event and it happened at the end, uh, middle end of October. And so we kind of brewed this beer specifically for that charity. Um, and then the other one is mashing barriers. That's mm-hmm. this one right here. And the Oregon craft brewers guild, um, they put together an internship program to try to get a little bit more diversity in the brewing industry. Um, and so they have, they actually have a paid internship, um, where they, where a brewery will do the hosting. And the next one is going to be out in bend. Um, I don't know if they've named the brewery or not yet, but they've done it two or three times now. And then these people end up working in, usually, usually they stick around and they get hired directly at these breweries. Um, but yeah, this internship, um, kind of helps get someone new into the brewing industry or fermentation space where they normally wouldn't have that opportunity. Excellent. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Two great causes. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, you know, I mean, craft, women's craft fermentation alliance. We had Melissa and Michelle right. on our show a while back, and um, yeah, totally. great um, for sure. Great people. Yeah, Michelle. Too, yeah. Michelle's a friend here. She's a home brewer up here in Portland, yeah. and and we we did. Uh, she organized the Black is Beautiful homebrew collaboration that we did mm-hmm. um, during COVID, mm-hmm. um, where we supplied these. She got twelve homebrewers together, and we we she took donations directly or actually people donated directly to the charities. And then we, we rewarded them with these mixed 12 packs and we raised like over 10 K wow. um, in donations for these charities during COVID. Wow. So That's yeah, Michelle's nice. pretty rad. She, she's the one who actually uh, teamed up with me to do the brewlanthropy, uh, the little talk oh, that well. we did for the WIBS conference. Yeah. yeah. Right. So she's a very good uh, ideas person yeah. and, and a total, like totally. no bullshit kind of a person. Like what exactly. <laughs> face value is what yeah. you get. For and, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she just yeah, started this other new, uh, I guess it's sort of a nonprofit, but it's for just to bring awareness. It's called the Evergreen Initiative, I think it's called. Um, it's to bring, it's, try, it's to try to kind of break down the barriers to get more women um, to enter homebrew competitions. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you know, she's a BJCP judge and she goes to these competitions when, and it's like, you know, it's all dudes, right? And so she's right. she's trying to like break that down and make it a little more accessible for women to feel comfortable because there's plenty of women who are homebrewers out there, but they might not feel comfortable entering the competitions. So, and what um, do you do as yeah. a competition to welcome them? Yeah, there was a lot of, at their their talk at at HomebrewCon. Michelle and Melissa went into a lot of detail sure. and and did some research on why why that is, and and pulled some people on you know what's cool. going to make you feel comfortable entering the yeah. competition. What could a competition do better to be more welcoming? And I think we all Definitely. should be you know just hey, let's you know bring them all in. They're out there brewing. For sure. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be surrounded by dudes at every brewing. <laughs> well, know, I mean, I, I think and- I think number one mainly is whenever you see a, a woman come to like a homebrew conference or your homebrew club, make sure to never leave them alone. <laughs> Constantly sure. talk to them. Make sure they have your phone number. Uh, ask if they're okay all the time. Follow up with them. <laughs> 
show up where they work and make sure that they're feeling <laughs> comfortable and only then will they ever come back right and if there's a restraining order involved or whatever maybe they get the wrong idea so just ignore it go to their house and explain to them not over text just and sounds, I'm sure sounds like, you sounds like you've enough. done this a few times. You've done this a few times, right, JP? <laughs> no, you know, thinking about like obviously I'm joking <clears throat> mostly. Yeah. Um no, thinking about like like being in this industry for so many years, since ninety-eight or whatever, and over time seeing the um sort of the trickle of women coming in, you know, for a long time going to uh you know, NHC, HomebrewCon or you know, whatever, whatever it is now, but it was NHC or these conferences, there were no women maybe a couple but they were usually working at like the ba or the aha or whatever and then the the people that would come would be spouses and girlfriends and such and it was like okay that's really cool but you can sort of see that if you're a if you're a woman in a literal sea of men you could just almost smell the fear because it and it's it it you have men who've been drinking and they're like, oh, what's going on? You know, it's the new, it's the new person. Let's look at them and let's make sure that, you know, we make them as uncomfortable as possible. And I always felt really bad for these people because they're trying to like get into it. And then, you know, as time go, goes on, people are like, oh yeah, this is my girlfriend. And she's bruised. She bruised more than I do. And you could, you could definitely like count the rings in, in the, the tree of home brewing <laughs> and, and inclusivity and, how women are starting, how women were, were coming in and it was very, but I always felt uncomfortable for them because it's like, I, I, I have a feeling I know kind of what you think is going on or maybe what has happened to you. These experiences and gatherings of men who have been drinking, who think they know things. Cause I feel the same way whenever you get cornered by some homebrew who thinks they know everything and they're just talking at you. Right. Like, I just don't want to be here right now. It's uncomfortable for me. And I'm a guy who does this. So I can only imagine what it feels like on the other oh, side. Man. So yeah, um, the, 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 the more comfortable we can make people, the better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And anything really, that should just really be the rule. For sure. Let's get into the, actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break. We're going to take our last break. We're going to come right back. We're getting a little star. We're going to learn a little more about, about this beer with ale apothecary. See, there we go. Already one of my favorite breweries up there and I've only had them once. Um, but anyway, we'll be right back, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. Don't go anywhere. I mean it. I will follow you. You already know this about mm. it. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Back to the examination. 
All right, thanks for hanging around, everybody. We are back here. We're speaking with Ryan from Old Standby Brewing. He does a lot of uh, brewlanthropy, is what he calls it, which is brewing for charity with a lot of uh, commercial brewers. And, you know, uh, he's already mentioned Link Malt and Yakima Valley Hops and Imperial Yeast. So uh, he's sort of making a name for himself, running around, brewing at other people's places and not having to clean up, which I think is the way to go. But he helps with the cleanup. Yeah, a little bit. I yeah. wouldn't. Kidding me? <laughs> here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, all right. What's this beer? Um, what is this beer? Because uh, I love Ale Apothecary beers. I remember when we had them on the session several years ago. Those beers were all just sure. amazing. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, uh, Paul Arney um, is a former brewer from Deschutes. Um, going way back. Um, yeah, I think he was there late 90s. Yeah, he, he was there for quite a while. And then uh, he branched off about 10, 12 years ago and uh, started his own thing, wild fermentation, spont- spontaneous fermenta- fermentation. And uh, he's got this brewery out at his house. He lives uh, kind of up in the woods, um, kind of west of Bend. And so he does all the brewing up there. And then in town, he's got a barrel aging and tasting room. Um, <clears throat> and so I hit him up last, last year, actually. and um the timing wasn't right and we kind of made it work uh later on or into this year and we actually brewed this beer in april um and so so amazing i'm just gonna interrupt it really is it's so good i don't know how he does it it. i don't know how he does it but i'm having flashbacks of that show because it was just me and i got to drink all these great beers and i was a little disappointed because i had all these beers left over because i couldn't finish them you sent me like this really nice bottle and it's so like the the sourness is so round yeah and totally. there's so many layers to it and it is not um over the top it is not yeah. obnoxious and it's so smooth and blends so well yeah. what was this experience like because he's probably one of you know the most i don't want to say underrated but maybe unknown kind of farmhouse right. breweries you know if you're sort of in the know then you, then you know about it but this man should be vinny level uh, to, uh, to be honest with you, he's one of the hundred percent probably top five sour producers that I've ever had in my entire life. Totally, yeah. He's he's just one of the coolest dudes too. Um, uh, and I when when this beer came out um, a few weeks ago, he invited me out, and uh, it was on the same weekend that they have their club event. And so once a year, he's got a kind of like his. Um, you know, his club members and they cap it at 350 and it sells out at the 350 every single year. Oh, like uh, like beer club. And so for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was their club weekend. And so I, I hung out there for like the whole weekend. Um, Friday, they had, a, they had this beer release. And then the next day was just the whole club day. And I got to talk to all these people who are like driving and flying in from all over the country because they're members of his, you know, kind of reserve society God. and man. And so, and they're all just so stoked to be there for this event because they know, they know what the product is. They know what they're getting, you know, it's unbelievable stuff. Yeah, so it, I, it I, is. It's, it's, it's like, it's like a, and I'm probably blowing way too much smoke, but I don't really give a shit. It's almost like a luxury brand, you know, where you go like, like they say, like uh, the Hermes bags, which whatever. I don't know. I watch, I guess, a lot of TV um, where it's like you have to sign up to be uh, to even go in to buy anything. But you don't know what you're able to buy. 
you just have a reservation to go and meet with a person and they say, well, this is what we have right now. Right. And people are always going to buy it because they know the quality. They know it's there. It's, I, that's my dumb equivalent. No, oh, yeah, I get it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all these people were so stoked to be there. Um, you know, it, they, get, they get some certain bottles that aren't really available to the public um, for being in this, you know, kind of club. Um, but then, so they all show up in the morning. They're like, they get their case of, you know, bottles and, and then they stick around and it's like a tasting event and he's just pouring that, you know, him and his staff, it's, it's him and his wife, Stacy. And then they have, um, one other guy, Connor, who actually started volunteering there 10 years ago and he, and then they made him an employee and now they've made him a part owner. Um, just because he's just, he's just so good at what he, what he's, what he's learned with, you know, hanging out with Paul this whole time. And so he's a part owner now too. So anyway, the club event was just amazing. And yeah, like you said, he's, he's definitely on that that Vinny level, you know, like this beer turned out so cool and so amazing. Like this was one, this was one that I was so excited to taste because I had no idea what we were going to get. You know, we <laughs> mashed this, we mashed this on uh, a Wednesday night up at his house. Um, in he has these two punchins that he's converted into mash tons. And so we mashed in the night before. And then he's got these, um, he's got these like uh, jackets that go around them and these lids that go on there and it and it and the mash just rested all night in in these punchins and then the next morning i roll out there and we mash out and and we sparge that grain again and we go into his kettle but he's got his kettle is this kind of piece together it's kind of like a steampunk kind of theme in there um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his kettle is only three and a half barrels and so we had to do two separate boils because we brewed a little over seven barrels of this beer. And so you mash out and you sparge into, into his kettle and you do the first boil and he only uses whole hops. So we got, um, we use some whole cone uh, mount hoods for this beer. Um, and then it's like round two, you know, he transfers that into like a, um, kind of like a holding tank. Um, and then round two gets brewed from the other punchin. And then they get blended together into this tank that, that goes in the van and we drive it into town in the bend. And then his fermenter, he's got one conical fermenter in town and that's where we <laughs> fermented it with the uh, Imperial, uh, the rustic Saison strain. And so I was there for over the course of like, you know, three days to do all of these things. So um, just pretty amazing experience altogether. Yeah. Like, I'm just so stoked that he was like, yeah, I'll brew a beer with you. I was like, yeah, because yeah, when, do when he does it, it's not just like, Oh, it's a short beer. It's not like pale ale or whatever. It's an involved yeah. process. I mean, you're moving wort. you're crossing city lines. Totally. <laughs> you're not, Big time. you're not stationary. Yeah. So this is yeah. a, uh, <clears throat> a season style aged in Oak barrels with Heather flowers and can condition with raw cane sugar called right. little star. I finally just took yeah. a sip of it. I've just had my nose in it for the whole time. Oh, and man. it's, it's one of those kind of beers where like the nose and the nose is changing and for evolving. Sure. At first it has this big hay, like bright thing. The Heather is real subtle underneath, but it's in there and the Saison style with the funk. It's just really, you know, Brett and, and it's, yeah. there's a lemony character to it. Lemony, there's a, there's yeah. a, a pH uh, thing and it's, it very much, you know, gets the sides of your mouth. It's a tart 
saison it's yeah. not a yeah for sure it's not a straight straight one but uh yeah it's really good holy yeah. smokes yeah and i think like for someone who had never tried who's never had a sour beer before this would be a nice like kind of yes i don't want to say gateway but it's like very approachable you know mm-hmm. because of the tartness it's not a full-blown sour and I'll so, tell you, I, I've had I white just, wines that approach this kind of level of tartness, you know, and, and I feel like that's generally the comparison of like, you know, well, if you like this wine, you'll like this kind of style of beer. Yeah. Um, it, it's so yeah, soft enough. A, it's yeah, soft enough. It's a little more Very aggressive, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, absolutely. So what charity yeah. is this for? Where, where is this going? Um, he chose a, uh, a homeless shelter out in Bend and um Originally, we had their logo on the label here, but um, when he when he showed them the label, they didn't really want, uh, you know, the name of their homeless shelter attached to al- to an alcoholic beverage. And okay. so they they definitely still loved the support, but they just didn't want their name on the label. And so, That's cool. um, yeah. yeah. And so it's that. a shelter for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, a, it's can... a shelter out there in Bend. So. Considering, um, you know, I, I imagine there's a, a lot of alcohol associated with homelessness and, and the, the problems of fixing that, um, sure. you know, but also, um, can you say what yeah. it is? Can you say what shelter it is or you'd rather not? Yeah, they're called um, the Bethlehem Inn is what okay. they're called. Um, and they've got a website. They're, they're a nonprofit, a 501-3C uh, and um but yeah they help out tons of people right there in the ben community nice and uh yeah i mean he's lived in ben now um since the late 90s so he's seen the transformation you know firsthand of you know a hundred thousand dollar house turning into a two million dollar house like overnight (laughs) you know it's just been you know every Mm -hmm. everywhere has been wild like that but ben has been this little kind of central oregon little situation where it just exploded that would it seemed like overnight you know but uh you know and just priced priced tons of people right out of the market and of course um you know and so yeah so he i don't know if you guys had a chance to read the the zymergy article um he he i reached out to a bunch of these brewers after i worked with them like for quotes for that article and uh and one of the coolest things is paul said that um you know, he's, he's driving around town and he sees, you know, he sees, he's like running errands, um, you know, for the brewery and doing the thing that he normally does every day. And he just doesn't, he's, you know, he thinks, all right, I need, I need to do something. I need to help out more. And when I approached him, he was like, I, I just basically helped him like cut through all the BS and like brew a beer for charity, you know, like that, yeah. that's, it was like the, one of the coolest things that any of the brewers said, like, I just helped him like, Helped him basically to get it done. Focus, yeah, and, you know, for sure. Yeah, and so I, like, yeah, there's. I think there's a there's a point where everyone wants to to do activism. For sure, they want to help out, but they don't know how because they have all these responsibilities and they have all these other distractions. But if something comes along, yeah, I'll support it 100. percent Let's do the. Let's do what I. If you can work activism into what I'm doing, I think you're going to get. Uh, which is why you're probably more successful than uh, maybe anybody else who's tried to do this, where it's you work into their schedules. They don't have to do anything they don't normally do. Totally. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, for sure. I've just tried to make it as easy as possible as like streamlined and, you know, work with their schedules, work with the style that they want to brew and, uh, and provide the ingredients. Like we, these three companies have just been amazing. They're just, 
They're busy people, that, these <clears throat> smaller, smaller to medium-sized breweries that, you know, there, there's not, you know, not a lot of extra time. They're doing everything in these places a lot of times. And, you know, totally. this sounds like a real mom and pop and, and one other guy and that's it. Yeah. Fantastic beer. I, I, this is a great beer. This is a treat. This is a real Wonderful, treat. Yeah. I really appreciate it. For that. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just stoked the way it turned out and just the whole experience working with him and then going back out there for the release was just yeah super cool. You know, just, yeah, it's been anything, pretty amazing. Got anything else in the works? Um, yeah, actually, uh, I'm booking some things for 24 already. Uh, I got a cool one right at the beginning of the year. Um, there's a brewery up here in Astoria called Fort George. You probably heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And they do this festival um, in February every year. It's called the Festival of Dark Arts. Okay, um, damn, oh, dude. cool. And uh, it's it's so cool. It's like um it's they hold it in the middle of february and you know if you've ever been on the uh, you know any of the co- the coast in <laughs> oregon it's it's cold it's wet and uh yep. to hold the festival outdoor in february is it's Everyone pretty wild did, yeah, yeah. Brave. and uh, yeah. but man they it sells out like instantly every year like the tickets just went on sale um the on black friday at sunrise <laughs> is when they sell oh, the dude i love this and i the love tickets, these people the so sold, much oh my god the tickets sold out in like five minutes man seriously because i had to jump on there to grab one extra ticket they were like because we're brewing a beer for that i hit them up and i was like hey you guys want to brew a brew a charity beer and for for festival of dark arts it'd be rad if we could you know put a stout together for that and so because it's a stout yeah, festival yeah. right yeah, it's yeah. specifically yeah. There's like seventy or eighty stouts. They Fort George does like fifteen of them, but then all these other breweries do all the other stouts. I'm drinking mine. And so I got my stout right here. I just made. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, so we're we're putting the recipe together. We're gonna do the, like uh, the goal is to like try to get your stout to stand out in in uh, in a you know in a in a field. Yeah, the other there's stouts. no way. That's impossible. Awesome. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So we talked, we threw out some ideas and we're going to do, we're going to add some buckwheat in and we're going to brew like a seven and a half percent, um, pretty approachable stout and with some hazelnuts and some buckwheat and, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I'm going to go out there, uh, cool. in the middle of January and brew that one. And then the festival is mid February. So that'll be the first one to kind of kick off the, do they the have like, year. Like, met, so, like metal bands and shit playing or nothing like that? Oh, big time, man. It, it's really, like, really? it's full on. It's yeah. Yeah. They've got like <laughs> glass blow, glass blowers and well, tattooing. I feel, like, and it's I feel like, like that's everywhere. You uh, pull up at the gas station, there's people blowing glass. Like, Oh, do you need a replacement <laughs> yeah, right. window? We'll just go ahead and fix it yeah, right now. For sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all, all the dark arts come together. All these, all these, um, you know, kind of crafts people, yeah, that are in the area. And it's all they different come breweries and, and yeah, yeah, around. and it's just yeah. yeah, it's just a huge party, and it's on one Saturday from like noon to you know to however late it goes, and uh, yeah, it's like the hottest ticket uh, <laughs> in winter cool. in Oregon. It's just wild, yeah. man. That because, sounds so yeah, awesome, like, man. Good luck. Well, yeah. I I hope to taste so, some of that beer. That sounds good. Everything I've got yeah, from sure. Fort yeah. George yeah. myself is like really good. I like their Vortex IPA. They they do some really good stuff. I hadn't heard of them, sure. yeah. so that, that's exciting. Uh, okay. know, and I like anybody who yeah. who uh, sort of embraces what I would say like the anti marketing, like that kind of thing. You know, where it's Big like time. it's not light. You know, literally, it's dark, mm-hmm. but you know, it's but they're having fun with it For at sure. the same time. And you gotta, yeah, that's totally. cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Find that little niche there. Yeah, and I, I know the the Oregon coast too. I, I lived. 
lived in, in Portland and, and Eugene for, you know, a couple of years after college. Okay. And yeah, I, you know, would travel down like, Oh, let's go to the, the beach. Yeah. No, it's uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, yeah. go down to Coos Bay uh-huh. and go down to some of those uh-huh. places, Bandon. That's uh, oh, a yeah. different kind of a coast environment than like oh, social. Sure. I mean, oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Northern California is, it, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, it could be yeah. July and you never take your hoodie. You never take yeah. your sweatshirt off. Right. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just leave it. Yeah. In yeah, yeah, we were just yeah, on the coast sure. in in Humboldt County a couple months ago, and it was yeah, yeah. it was fucking cold. But then you know by ten <laughs> oh, o'clock yeah. it's warm, everything's burnt yeah. off, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I guess yeah, it's I lived like in Denver. Arcata. I lived in Arcata for a year when I was going to school, and yeah, same yeah. deal, like yeah. living in from growing up in Long Beach and then going up to Arcata where it's just like <laughs> it was cold and cloudy like every day that I was there, pretty much. Yeah. You know, and then you get you get one of those days, and you're just like, ah, sun's out feels great one of those so. days all right ryan yeah. what's your uh what's your website hit people up with uh, how they can get in touch with you or learn a little bit yeah, more totally. about what you're doing yeah um my daughter actually uh just helped me uh kind of revamp the whole website and so it's old oh, nice. standby brewing.com um and i've actually just bought the domain name for brewlanthropy.com too so if you type either cool. one of those up it'll go to the it'll go to the site um and it i just i have some pages on there that kind of list every single one of the collabs that I've done and uh, what the charity uh, is that we're, that we're supporting. Um, and then I got some, I have some swag on there, some hats and things, which have, have been cool. Like kind of help helps fund, you know, my travel expenses and then whatever's left over. I'm just like, I'm donating it to a monthly charity as well. Um, but yeah, it just kind of tells my story and what's going on. And um, yeah. And if anybody wants to hit me up through there, um, who's watching the show tonight? Um, send me a, send me the contact form, and I'll I'll send you a free sticker and some some cool swag. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like, like I told you in so. the break, I'm trying to get Dave, formerly a flat tail, but now of New Spring, uh, to to brew beer with you. And he's like, yeah, if I make it, if I survive the winter, if I survive in the next year, uh, yeah, right. That that'd be a lot of fun because uh, totally. You know, yeah, I got a note right here already. He's a good dude. Yeah, see, there you go. Man. You should also, you know, honestly, yeah. you should also grab beer for a cause because uh, that's yeah. a cool tagline. Both of these beers were really, really fun too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about how both of them turned out. So, are yeah. all of your beers collabs, or do you ever have? Do you brew an old standby? Do you have any? I mean, are you just nomadic and you brew with other people, or do you do you have yeah. your own beer that you ever release? Yeah, just I mean, I, I've been home brewing for tons of years, and so actually, this year is the longest break I've actually taken from from home brewing in in, in since I started really. Um, just cause I've been so busy with these collabs and then summer was busy. And, and so, uh, but yeah, I'm getting ready to, to fire the kettles back up again, but yeah, mostly just doing stuff from, you know, when I'm brewing here at the house, it's just for me and, you know, family well, and friends. And yeah. So that's one of those so, sometime too. We'll taste yeah, absolutely. Just your, your yeah. homebrewed beer one of these times. For yeah, sure. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll light into you. We'll, we'll rate you in a way that will make yeah, Andrew yeah, sure. in the chat uncomfortable. Yeah, just rip, just rip me to shreds. Right? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, you, honestly, quite honestly, Ryan, you've had it too good for too long, and we're just the guys to take you down a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's why I come well, on you, here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good beer, and you're out there getting a lot of experience brewing in different setups and learning yeah. some of the the tricks. I mean, you're a brewer; sure. you know what you're doing. So I'm sure your personal beer is great too. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe. Why not? We'll see. All right, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. For sure, yeah. I'm glad you guys had me on. I appreciate you uh, taking the time again to have me on for a third time. Anytime, so, uh, man. Anytime. Yeah, I'll keep you guys updated on the new collabs that are coming up. And uh, yeah. 
that'd be fun. So cool. that's good. Yeah. Right yeah. on, brother. Happy New Year to you guys. You too. Uh, I'll talk to you guys in 2024. You got it. Sounds right great. on, man. All right, man. Cheers, Ryan. Okay. Later. Cheers. Cheers. And if you guys want to be on the show, you can send an email to Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and he will get back to you uh, post haste, right quick with the quickness. Um, Brian Shar had a little bit of internet issues, so he his uh, you know lovely voice is no longer uh, here. He's here in spirit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I figured I figured he poured that saison and he was just like, oh my god, I, I, I'm I gonna, need to just yeah. like. I'm going to go drink this on my own. And he was into a dark room and just get this. The, yeah. Yeah. He was so, he was so angry. He just, he rage quit the, the show. He's like, I, you know, I'll never get this again. We'll never top it. So yeah, hit up yeah. Brian at the bring Get on the show. Send us whatever you want. Kombucha, you know, fucking cider, yeah. whatever you want, dude. Sake. sake. Yeah. Why, why do we both say sake? Sake. That's so odd. I don't know. We're both thinking about it, I guess. <laughs> to me, baby. Mescal, there you go. Yeah, man, yeah. it'd be good. You know, you're gonna start making hot toddies with mescal now. With the <laughs> hot what, I've, I've been trying Trouble. to get into mescal for a while, but I don't really drink a whole lot of hot alcohol anymore. Like, I really don't. I just don't. I don't make mixed drinks so much anymore. And like, I'm trying to cut back on on my drinking. But uh, mescal right. is always one of those those things. I, don't, I guess it's the style that like has very much in, uh, interested me. And I do enjoy it because I like smoky kind of things, but uh, sure. I might have to. I might have to buy to buy a bottle. See what happens. Yeah, mixed with that. Uh, mixed with that hot word. It was. It was pretty tasty, like, especially at ten thirty. Ten thirty a.m. Like, <laughs> we can't really go wrong. Smoky. And, yeah. Cool. <laughs> you yeah. can't really. I mean, you can. You can. But you know, yeah. well, what's the yeah. fun in not trying? Um, all right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Doctor Homebrew, and uh, until next time, we'll see you later.